0: From the Stereo Sound Records Studios, your home for the best in unsigned and indie punk, rock, and metal. This is The Mosh Pit with your host, Wes Everett. Mondo Trash You. Hard Times, That's Life.
1: Welcome to the Mosh Pit. It's your host Wes Everett. I am here with Paul of Stockhausen and the Amplified Riot. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing all right. How about you, Wes? Doing good. Doing good. So let's, um, you know, before we get into everything, um, what have you been up to? What was uh, the pandemic like for you? Was it a lot of writing? Was it a lot of downtime?
2: It was. Uh, it was both. Um, so the band. The band started off as a, as a three-piece before the pandemic kind of really got legs and took off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were a three-piece, more like a garage rock band. And then the pandemic hit. Uh, everyone had the quarantine. So during that time, uh, I kept writing. I had my, my trusty drum machine and my guitar and everything and just kept working on material, sending them to the other bandmates. Ideas kept going and they, they kept coming, you know, because we, we were all like, oh, this will be over soon. And then it kept going and then it kept going we're like, OK, maybe this isn't going to end soon. Uh, but nonetheless, kept on writing. And then once things kind of eased up and we were all able to kind of get back together and at least rehearse and whatnot, uh, the other two members were now involved in other bands um, And as you probably know, Wes, you know when you have an actual drummer, they're in like 17 different bands. So yeah, you know, that started again. It's like, oh, I'm now in like four bands now. Like, not great. Which I expect, you know, it's it's part and parcel for being a musician. And um, we all we all got kind of busy with other projects, and I and I decided that well, I've written all these songs on a drum machine, and I've been practicing with a drum machine. I think I'm just gonna keep going. Let me see how this how this works. And bada boom bada bing, here I am.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. And um it looks like you were just doing awesome things.
2: I'm doing my best. Um I drew a lot of it. So I had to take the the songs that we had written as a as a band and make some modifications and changes to them. You know, because now it's just me and a drum machine, so it's a guitar, vocals, drum machine. So I had to make some modifications, but for the most part, um, they're pretty much as they were when we were working on them as a as an actual band. Um, so, so yeah, so I guess in a way, it, it was it was really helpful to kind of just focus and really fine tune a lot of material. Uh, but then it also gave me that sense of, well, fuck it, let's just see what happens and. That's exactly what I did. Um, I went and looked at other videos of other bands that used drum machines, like S- Sisters of Mercy or Big Black, and or you know, like rap artists. You know, a lot of hip hop and rap artists, and that's that's a really big thing here in Houston. There's a lot of a major hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of watched what they did. It like it's just one guy and a sampler, or one guy and a drum machine and a sampler. I'm like what? they can do it. And they can get people like moving and doing stuff. And like, why why can't I do that? So I, I thought I'd just give it a try, and that's what I kept on doing.
1: Very cool, man. I, I like that. I like the the over the adapt and overcome all the challenges. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Now you're gearing up for a tour coming up. Mm-hmm. Of course, by the time yeah. this airs, it'll be mid tour. But um, let everybody know where you, where they can find you.
2: Absolutely. Um, so, I, what I've done is uh, I've taken my my tour schedule. What I would normally do, uh, you know, doing like a full month of being on the road, and I've chopped it up into like one week or ten day uh, chunks over September, October, and November. So for October, I'll be in Madison, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Chicago, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, and then back to texas do austin dallas and, and tyler and, and then houston again um, but i'm using that time while i'm in chicago or in the chicago area to work on the next ep uh, and, and west that's kind of like the interesting silver lining in all this because it's just me you know it's me and a drum machine so i can just pack up and Hit the road for like four or five days, and I don't have to like. Okay, well, what's your schedule look like? Well, what's your schedule look like? Oh no, it's not going to work for these days. For me, it's just like, hey, drum machine, let's go. Yeah, and boom, bada boom, we're out of here. <laughs> so, so yeah. So in Chicago, I'm going to go to Electric Audio, and start working on the 30P, and Electric Audio for for some of your listeners out there. Uh, electric Audio is the home base of Steve Albini. Who, you know, I mentioned earlier he was in Big Black, uh, Shellac. Uh, he, you know, he's the guy who produced um, in Utero. So big, big name, big guy, but a big influence on my my musical career over the past 20 something years. So I'm, I found this as an excellent opportunity just or actually, actually, Wes, it's more of an excuse. <laughs> it's more of an excuse to go up there see my hero record in his studio and just say, Hey man, you've been a big influence. Thank you. So, so that's, that's my
1: plan. Dude, that's killer. Now what are you going to do if he walks in the studio with his guitar and he goes here, use this? Oh my God. I think
2: I'd, um, <laughs> I think I, I would just like not die, but I would get really close to dying. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs>
1: absolutely a big name man, and that's awesome that you're in that studio because i mean just you know it's one of those things where it's not even about you know who who is there it's about who's been there and all the yeah. others who've gone through it's like dude i'm sitting in the same seat then
2: yeah 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 <laughs> i tried to do that because i'm planning another leg uh for like april of going to electric ladyland in new york hmm but they're they're kind of expensive and they're like, well, we're not we're booked out until twenty twenty-seven. Like, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, twenty
1: twenty-seven. I mean it relatively it's not that far away.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Prince
0: <laughs> Grizzly, I keep on searching. <laughs>
3: I don't know Don't while. I keep on searching, but I don't wanna find my peace.
1: So let's talk about the upcoming EP. Or do you want to touch base on your, your last EP?
2: I guess yeah, we can talk about the current one and then what, okay. what I'm planning to do for the next one.
1: Yeah, we'll segue into that. Okay. So your last EP. Um give us a little insight into writing a couple of those songs that you know that you released that you were really excited to bring out, let people hear.
2: So that one, the this current
1: that one is
2: um uh, it's got a lot of the songs. Well, actually, three. I think three of the songs are from the time we used to be a garage rock band, an actual three-piece band. Um, and that was it was interesting to kind of get those fleshed out as as a one-piece, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are holdovers uh, from that time. Um, and then there's there's two other songs on there that I think are what i call t-shirt sellers it's the it's the songs that people go like oh whoa kind of a thing uh and that's tilde may which is it can range anywhere from nine to 12 minutes long um and it's essentially it was written like um, so so matt pike has a saying or he has a quote that like sometimes you just hear a riff and you just want to hear it over and over again and sometimes you you come up with a riff and you want to hear it over and over again for forty-five minutes, and that—that's kind of like the premise of of Dope Smoker, right? Right. So, just we took that premise and we sped it up to more garage rock speed. So it's like you know that that G—I think it's a C major—and just like I like that sound. It's like that chugging, like na 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 na. What if we just kept on going with that? And that's what we did. We just kind of sped it up and just kept on chugging that one riff, and we liked it. And and I like it. Um, it also has a theremin, um, which that's that's the part where people are like, "What?" the? F-? Kind of a like, "Where did that come from?" <laughs> uh, so I use a theremin in that point, and that's that's like the break, the band breakdown, and then you you see this or hear this like sound coming out, and uh, it's a it's a Jimmy Page style theremin. So it's not an actual. Like, I can't play Mary Had a Little Lamb on it or anything like that. It only has the one antenna. It doesn't have, I forget what it is. It, it has frequency and not modulation, or it has modulation and not frequency. It's one of those two. Because um, Paige was all, like, whacked out all the time, right? So they, they modified its and so it just made noise, and that's it. And you, you see that in uh, The Song Remains the Same. You know, when he's, when he's up on stage and plants, like, they're going back and forth. So it's, it's almost exactly like that. And so that's, that's a lot of fun to do. Um, and then, so that's, that's Tilda May. And that's the, that's the 11, 12 minute song. Um, and then there's the last song, Intubation Blues. And that's, that's all about, um, as you can imagine, you know, the it was written during the COVID time and just the regret you have when you're like, ah, I should have, should have done this or I should have done that. And, a lot of should-haves in that song, and you're about to pass on. And that's that's intubation blues. That one is just drum machine vocals and harmonica. So again, everyone's like, "Where did that come from?" So it's it's one of those moments. It's it's a very dark, as you can imagine. It's a, it's a dark song, but it also is just very stark because it's just it's just drum machines, and then vocals and harmonica. So it's this interesting juxtaposition of. This very rigid, machine-like sound behind this very bluesy, free-flowing sound. So that's that that kind of that's those are kind of the highlights of the
1: of the current EP. That's pretty awesome, man. I I love that. And you know, you're talking about riffs. I can name a handful of songs that honestly I cannot stand the song. And they're mm-hmm. mainstream radio play, you hear them all the time. But there's this one riff, like right in the middle that you're like, dude, they should have capitalized more on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the best part of the song. And it's two seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Sometimes those little, those little tiny, like, gotcha moments are what makes the song. But when the rest of the song kind of fails to live up to it, you're just like, ah, you know what? You should have reversed that. Yeah.
1: Now I wanna I wanna speak on this because I was looking through your Twitter page, and you guys are doing cassette tapes, which is really kind of cool. Thank you. We I've actually toured around with throwing some Mosh Pit podcast episodes on some cassette tapes and wow. you know, just sending them out and be like, here, check this out because whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really old school. You know, I look. I'm not gonna lie to you. I still have seven. Seven double-sided cassette tape holders, packed to the rim, of cassette tapes. Wow!
2: Wow! Okay. Good. Good.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm an old school guy. I've tried to re redo my collection. Technically, they were passed down collection, but I've tried to get most of the songs, and it's really hard to update.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's It's
2: hard also when you're your cassette player's like oh the belt drives going and like well nobody's working on these things anymore. Yeah. At least at least not in Houston there's maybe like
1: one shop that will touch it. Dude, people barely work on CD players anymore. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, that's
1: true. Cuz yeah. my pops actually had one um his kind of died on him but it's just a simple little like one of the gears went out. So he mm-hmm. called a place it's like an hour and a half from our house and he took it up there. That's been back in May. He still hadn't heard anything. They told him it'd be two weeks, and it's we're we're still looking. We're still working on it. It's like uh, you may uh, as well go buy you a new one if you can find one.
2: You're right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, yeah, cassettes. Um, because L- vinyl LPs are they're they become more and more cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. They are, and there's a long, long wait time oh, yeah. for your orders. Um, especially if you're a small label or you're an independent band, whatever, mm-hmm. and you put in an order for like three or 400 LPs, these record plants are like, okay, we have this order for 300 records. And then we have this order from Warner Brothers for 5,000 uh, Pocahontas picture discs. So that's going to make their money. So they run through that and then you just get further and further back in the queue Mm -hmm. and everybody's pressing vinyl. So it's, it's becoming a a huge lag time when it comes to submitting your materials to get the final product. Whereas cassettes, um, you know, I put this in and two weeks later, here's your test copy. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was fast. Oh wow. So, and they're far cheaper, far, far cheaper and people still love having a physical medium. Mm -hmm. So so the tape is what makes it kind of like, oh it's it's got the download code in it. It's got interesting packaging. It's, you know, $5, it's $10, whatever. It's not $30 for the vinyl and you know, you're like, okay, at least I got a little something to show my support.
1: Well, well, wait a second now. We we got to know the we got to know do you have the song lyrics in the foldout? Do not. I dude i <laughs> fucked up i fucked
2: up wow. no. i should do that for the next one but have it like as a word joke oh that'd be cool it's like what the hell is these lyrics don't match anything <laughs> this is a recipe for blueberry muffins What
1: the heck? <laughs> that'd be great that'd yeah. be great that would be great but no that was just a you know like i said i was browsing your profile and i was like man that's really cool thank you thank you very cool man very Sockhausen cool Stockhausen
0: and the amplified riot hunky punk
1: Let's talk about your three goals for the next 12 months. What are your three things you want to that you plan on accomplishing between now and this time next year?
2: So, I want to start and finish uh, the third EP, Mm -hmm. and then I'd also like to at least get started with the recording process finish writing and get the recording process started for the fourth, the fourth release. And my plan for that is to go to Detroit, uh, because I still have some material that's very synthesizer based, synthesizer, synthesizer oriented. Um, and I, kind of, I really like that, that Detroit house sound. So I'm like, maybe I should, I mean, again, Wes, it's just me. It's just me and a drum machine and a guitar. So I'm like, I'm going to go to Detroit and plan a tour in that area, hit Canada and start recording that process. But also, Wes, I'm an avid, avid bike rider. So, my, you know, part of my goal for the next 12 months is while I tour, I want to take my bike with me and hit more of these like extended trails. Like uh, in Mississippi, there's the Natchez Trace which is a very famous um, route from Natchez, Mississippi to Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful. It's very Zen. It's so beautiful. And I just want to get on my bike, get my like little like portable tent thing, put it on my back and just drive ride, drive or ride the whole thing. And, and while I'm doing that, you know, schedule a few shows here and there, you know, that kind of a thing. So my plan is to do more bike riding get the tour going. I'd like to get started on a tour in either Europe or Japan started. And we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But that, those are my goals for the next 12 months.
1: Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, if being an avid bike rider and a musician, um, this might interest you for the Atlanta area. Our studio is actually just off of the silver comet trail that runs from South Carolina to Alabama. Silver Comet Trail? Yeah, it used to be the old train route, but okay. they paved it and made it a bike route. I'm
2: writing this down. Silver Comet Trail. Okay.
1: And it actually just less than, let's see, I think it's two miles, give or take. There's an old train trestle that Ooh. they paved through, and it's an old um, spring. You can feel the temperature drop like 10 to 15 degrees in the summertime. Wow. It okay. is. It's gorgeous. It is okay. gorgeous.
2: So you're, you're in the Atlanta area. Okay, so yeah. I do have a plan for a tour to go out to take the I-10 route and go like Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, you know, Florida, mm-hmm. go up to Valdosta. Val Valdosta, uh, yes, sir. Valdosta. And then I'm going to take like a Monday and Tuesday off and then hang out at a monastery in Georgia. And it's called the Monastery of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's, I'm not like Catholic or anything. It's just, it just sounds like the most awesomest place to just chill. Yeah. yeah they have, the monks that are there have a vow of silence and I've read that you can stay nearby and then just stay all day at the monastery and just chill. And that's, that's, that's part of my tour plan is to hit that monastery. Dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's great because, you know, again, it's like, it's so easy to just hit the road and do this and then just take the time off and just relax. Mm-hmm. Cause there's nobody saying, dude, I got to be back at the warehouse on Monday morning at 5am. We got to <laughs> okay. hustle, hustle, hustle. Not, I mean, I have a job, I have responsibilities and all that as well, but at least, at least I can plan it in a very, very different way than I did before when I was with a band with people.
1: Right. Dude, that'd be killer. Yeah, let me yeah, know. Yeah. Let me know when you're headed out this way. Um, we'll make that happen. We'll get you in studio, show you the trail. Okay. Do your thing. Absolutely. Also, also, we have a park, which is beautiful. And okay. we try to do live events here and there. So Ooh. who knows? Maybe we could team up, grab another couple of local bands, and do a show of that some kind i'd appreciate i would love that dude we'll make that happen we will make that happen okay very cool very cool um now in your three goals you mentioned your third ep um give us a little backstory on it how long have you been working on it what how many songs do you have
2: so i just have one left over so i just have one more left from The good old days, way back in the old days before the pandemic, you know. So I just have one of those left to to kind of massage out. And then the rest of it is all going to be material that's written just just by me. Um, That one also has uh, some interesting stuff on it. Um, Probably not as... Weird, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, not, it's not going to be. as... It'll be a lot more. How do I put this? Because this current EP has a, a very wide range of of material, and I and I really like that. But this one's going to be a little bit more straightforward. So, um, more rockin', more garage rocky style, more kraut rock. So very metronomic, like you know, very very metronomic. Um I've used some of that material now uh, in, in the live sets just to kind of flesh it out. Um I've written a song about Euronymous, um, the guy who you know, and what was the other guy's name? Dead, I think, from Mayhem. I think so. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I've written a song about the band Mayhem and all the people that, that have died in this in the black metal scene. <laughs> um called Death Trends in Black Metal. Um cause I, I really like black metal. Um it's, it's that Norwegian death metal sound is, has like this really great like bite to it that just makes you just go, Yeah, these guys live this. And and I respect that a lot. So I wrote a song about you know that whole that whole scene. So it's 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 stuff like that. Uh but it's it's gonna be a little bit more straightforward. Um not boring, I promise. I promise you it's not gonna be boring, but it's gonna be a little bit more straightforward. Uh because it, it all kind
1: of comes from like
2: the same well at this point there's only one that's going to be like well that's a little odd but everything else kind of fits right in
1: very cool man definitely
2: looking forward to that me too me too definitely
0: power wolf my will be done
1: have any advice for any bands trying to make a name for themselves?
2: Absolutely. Get an attorney. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. Find yourself, if you're really serious about the music industry and making it, get an attorney. You're going to need it. At some point in time, you're going to need to talk to somebody because you have band members who leave and then they threaten you. You may get a record contract with somebody, you're going to want to have that reviewed. Um, you may get a concert tour of some sort. You're going to want to have that contract reviewed for that, you know, the Vans tour or whatever. You know, you, it's always nice to have somebody on your side from a legal perspective. And, and I say that, Wes, with an air of experience because a long, long time ago I was in a band. We got signed to a record label. We, were, we thought we were just like, we made it, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, we submitted material for a, a follow-up album. The label didn't like it, and we were like, "Well, that's too bad." And they were like, "Well, that's too bad for you. Did you read your contract?" And we didn't, and we lost all of our rights. We lost and forfeited all of our um, what is it called? Creative. Yeah, we lost all. We lost everything. I mean, all the residuals that you yeah. would get. I mean, not that we were banking or anything, but you know, we we lost all the rights to any future like money or income we would get from the sale of those albums and the distribution of those songs all that was gone so get an attorney get an attorney and you don't have to like consult this attorney on a daily basis or but find somebody explain your situation to them and then now you have somebody either on retainer or you have somebody that you know you can call and they will be familiar with you and they'll take your call and be like, okay, what have you done this time?
1: Kind of a <laughs> thing. Yep. Yep. That's really good advice too, because you do have to watch a lot of these labels and even studios. Oh where, yeah. Where they'll, you know, well, you recorded this in our studio. So technically this is our music.
2: Oh no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like, no. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, wait a second now. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> But the ones fun. around here are really good about that. I'm going to be sure to plug that the ones around here are really good about your stuff is your stuff, and they will mm-hmm. help you make your stuff sound amazing. All right.
2: Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> I had to throw that in for a couple of studios near me, which might get upset if they're like, hey, we don't do that. Okay, I didn't say, okay. I didn't say you did. I just was throwing that out there. Mad respect. very Mad, mad respect on that, for sure.
2: That would be my number one recommendation.
1: That's, that's a good recommendation. Actually, that is probably the most different answer that I've gotten when I ask those questions. Normally, mm-hmm. it's about, you know, normally the band will answer with, um, you know, take your time, learn as much as you can, you know, talk to, talk to other locals, see what they're doing, talk to, um, talk to some of the bigger bands if you get a chance to pick their brain. You know, stuff like that. But that is actually a really good one of get a lawyer.
2: Mm-hmm. Austin, Houston has one or two uh, entertainment attorneys. Austin has a bunch of them. I'm sure Atlanta, Memphis, Nashville, they probably have a bunch of So they don't have to be in your city. Right. Uh, but it would be great if they were in your state because, you know, state law changes from state to state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure – I mean, Montana may not have a great uh, entertainment (laughs) company, but you know, poke around, find out.
1: Definitely, definitely. I know there's a good one in Florida, but I can't remember his name. I worked with him for a little while.
2: Okay, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, register your songs with uh, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, Sound Exchange. Uh, make sure you register your. Your songs and register every show you play because that's how you get paid.
0: Crowley, The Witching Hour.
1: appreciate you sitting in on this i love you know talking to you learning about the music learning about the backstory and um would love to do this again
2: okay Wes. well same time next year we'll see where we are (laughs) and if i have to call you in from uh from japan i'd be very happy to do that
1: oh that'd be awesome (laughs) um usually i try to do like a six month but depending on you know schedules and times just to see how things are progressing um but you can always hit me up on Twitter. I'll hit you up, whatever. Okay. Okay. And um, again, man, I appreciate this, and I'll get this show dropped, tag you in it, and uh, play a song. Oh, well, yes. so I I appreciate, greatly greatly appreciate. it. And
2: is that your your dog in the
1: photo? He it is it is he okay. is uh my full blooded blue healer that we just come to find out that he is full blooded.
2: Mm. Okay. Okay, yeah, he's got like a little
1: harness on him or something. He yeah, that was his early harness. He's got a bigger one now that he prefers cuz that one that one was kind of loose on him. He didn't really like it. So, oh, we went okay. with a different one that it doesn't He he doesn't like anything on his neck. If you put like him I, on a leash, he will lay down and look at you like, "I don't know what you're doing."
2: Oh, no. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, wow. So, we got him a harness and it's got kind of a a loop more toward the back, like the middle of his back.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay.
1: he he uh he absolutely loves that one. He'll do anything you ask him to.
2: Okay, that's probably a lot more comfortable, definitely. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, neat, very cool. What's uh, what's his
1: name? Sparky,
2: Sparky. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's at home playing with his girlfriend, Danae, so oh, uh, so. I usually, I usually bring him to the studio and he likes to do this thing where as soon as I start an interview, he'll go to his bowl of water and put his whole head in it and make as much, much noise as possible. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's all right. Sparky wants in on the action. No problem. There you go. (laughs) Well, man, I appreciate this so much. And, um, like I said, I'll tag you when this drops. All right. Well, Wes, I really appreciate this opportunity thank you sir i appreciate you coming on all right take care bye buddy bye